Welcome to the Michigan Publishing Podcast, where we engage with the people and ideas that enable us to support the broadest possible ownership and drive our leadership in academic publishing. I'm Kristen Twardowski, Director of Sales, Marketing, and Outreach for the University of Michigan Press and the host for this episode. This is the fifth episode of our five-part mini-series dedicated to open access in line with this year's International Open Access Week theme, It Matters How We Open Knowledge, Building Structural Equity. Through this series, we explore different aspects and perspectives on open access and the implications of open access publishing practices and scholarship on diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. On today's episode, I'm joined by Jason Coleman, Director of Publishing Services at Michigan Publishing, a division of the University of Michigan Library. Jason, thank you for being here. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So Michigan Publishing Services is one of the leading library publishers. How have you approached your open access imprint and how has it been received on campus? Well, you know, we started off pretty slowly. Uh, we were one of the first library publishers to publish journals uh, back in the early 2000s. That started when we were still called the Scarly Publishing Office in the library. And so back then, faculty on campus would come to us and they knew that the library had a publishing platform, a digital collections platform, really, that we used for publishing called DLXS. They'd come to us and they would say, hey, I'm an editor on a journal or I'm thinking about starting a new journal in my field. And the commercial publishers, they just are not a good fit for us. So we're looking for a way to host this here at this institution. And is that something that the library could help with? And we got those requests often enough that we found a way to help, which is by actually becoming the publisher of their journals. So in the beginning, we were working exclusively with Michigan faculty who wanted to publish journals with us. But over time, especially in the last five or six years, we've expanded that mission because of the success that we had here on campus to encompass other open access journals that don't have Michigan faculty directly involved, but that still are a really good fit for the mission of the university more broadly. So that, that has been really well received. Um, we've been adding three or four journals a year lately. So, you know, we started off with one or two in the early 2000s. And I think by 2010, we were up to maybe 15 journals, something like that. But in the last 10 years or so, we've tripled the number of journals we have, more than tripled. We're up to 40, 39 of which are open access, and one of which is partially open access and is hoping to go fully open access in the future once we can figure out the financial sustainability for that journal. It's one of those society journals that's transitioning to open access from a traditional subscription model. So yeah, I think it's been really well received. Our, our readership is up and up every year. We, we're reaching more and more people in more and more fields and actually building some strengths in different disciplines, such as philosophy, for instance, where we have two of the leading open access journals, uh, media studies, where we have several journals that are quite important to the field, and, and other areas that are often strong here at Michigan, but not always, and that, that we feel can really help to serve readership across the world. Yeah, it definitely has seemed that Michigan Publishing Services has been invaluable on campus, and you've had so much experience with a variety of subject areas and publishing open access journals in those areas. What does a successful open access model for journals look like in your experience? Well, you know, trying to figure out what a successful model looks like has been um, just an ongoing process of, of thought and analysis over the years. It, figuring out what successful means, it, it wasn't clear at first because we were just getting started. We were just trying things. But uh, I think that after having done this for a while, we've realized that there are three main elements to this, to making a successful library publishing journals program. One of which is that it has to be sustainable. And I mean that in a couple of ways. I mean that financially. So we do charge back for our services to the journals that we publish, but we keep those fees as low as possible so that even a really small journal that's funded 
by a departmental budget can be successful with just a few thousand dollars a year. I mean, that's like one APC for a commercially published journal that, that goes open access. So it's dramatically less expensive than other open access models out there. So financial sustainability is, is really important to open access journal publishing, especially in a library context, but also sustainability from the point of view of the labor that needs to be done to publish the journal is equally important. So that's for our authors, for editors, and for our own staff. And recently, we have been making a shift in our technology platform in order to make that labor side of things more sustainable. We've been moving to a new open source publishing platform called Janeway for our journals. And Janeway is developed by our friends at Birkbeck College and the Center for Technology and Publishing, University of London. And Janeway is allowing us to move to a next generation platform that makes the review process for articles, the editorial process for the editors, and the entire process of taking a, uh, an accepted article and moving it all the way through to final publication much easier for everybody. So taking a little bit out of the labor out of that process. We hope that that combined with keeping costs as low as possible will make this model sustainable for long into the future. So sustainability is one thing. The second thing is discoverability. You know, it's no good to publish 40 open access journals if none of the readers who are interested in this content can find it. So, you know, as a fairly lightly resourced uh, operation here, it's not always easy for us to get all of our journal content into all the indexes out there that we'd like to, especially since many of those are operated by incumbents, uh, commercial publishers in journal publishing, and it's not really aligned with their interests necessarily for us to be able to get our content into them easily. But nevertheless, that's something we've been having increasing success with. So we have a person on our team who actively looks at all of our journals every year to make sure that they're in all the indexes that they can be. DOAJ, Google Scholar, of course, are both very important. But also we do apply for things like PubMed for medical journals, even though that is, that's a long process that takes a lot of resources. And so we're increasingly trying to get our journal content into as many indexes as we can because we need to make it as discoverable as possible. And thirdly, I think that a good library journal publishing program should serve disciplines that are poorly served by other OA initiatives. You know, for instance, things like the Journal of Muslim Mental Health, which we published for a really long time. That journal has a lot of really important content that probably wouldn't find another outlet if it weren't being published by us. Or student-run journals. That's very popular with a lot of library publishers. And we have a few, including the Michigan Journal of Medicine, which is this really cool journal that is edited by med students. And we see that journal as a sort of publishing as pedagogy initiative so that students can actually learn how to be good scholarly communicators in the process of editing a journal. And then they go off into their field and they already know this stuff and they know how a journal works. So they have a more realistic impression of how they should work as scholarly communicators. So yeah, finding a good niche, being sustainable and uh, making content discoverable seems like it's a recipe for success that we figured out over the last 20 years or so. That's really interesting to me how you're talking about the way that these open access journals don't just exist in their own bubbles independent of everything else, but are really within these broader scholarly webs and these broader publishing systems. And I think that leads to something else really interesting that the team at Michigan Publishing is doing, which is managing the Fulcrum Publishing Partnerships. Why was it important for you to designate the hosted publisher option for the platform as open access publishers? What does that look like in practice? As we started thinking about rolling out the Fulcrum platform to other mission-driven publishers, it was a natural fit to work with a certain group that really wanted to focus on open access. And uh, just to go through a few of those partnerships that have been really impactful over the last few years, there's Lever Press, 
Lever is a platinum open access press, which means it never charges author fees. And it's funded and run by a consortium of member libraries that are mostly at liberal arts colleges, but not exclusively. And that really aligns with the mission and ethos of those liberal arts colleges. And Lever uses Fulcrum to reach a global audience. So we're seeing that on the Fulcrum platform, the, the books that Lever is publishing, and we're up to about 12 books now, are reaching a much greater audience year over year, considerable growth. And we can track all of that with the Fulcrum platform, which is wonderful. There's Amherst College Press, which is a new university press that's publishing high-quality, peer-reviewed scholarship like Lever and is entirely open access using Fulcrum for a digital platform, but also taking advantage of the production services that Michigan Publishing Services offers. So we've taken what we've learned over the years in publishing books for campus and offered it to other publishers along with the Fulcrum platform so that it's really a an end-to-end solution in a way for small publishers who don't have their own production department, don't have their own platform, and really want to promote open access. And then there are other partners like the National Museum of Japanese History or Reikihaku, one of our international partners. And they use Fulcrum to take their internal research outputs and to offer them up to a global audience in open access. Similarly, the University of Sussex Library's Active Learning Network. It's a research network in the United Kingdom that works on pedagogical issues and uses Fulcrum to reach a broader audience. So we love seeing this sort of U.S., but also European and Asian partnerships all growing together to try to create a broader community on Fulcrum. And of course, there's also Maze Books, which is our university imprint for campus-based scholarship that's 100% open access and always has been and always will be, that helps faculty here at Michigan to publish their works that are a good fit for other publishing models on Fulcrum and also in print and uh, in ebook formats. So, you know, we're, we're open to a pretty broad coalition of open access, mission-driven publishers, and we, we hope to see that continue growing on Fulcrum over the next few years. So just now, you talked a little bit about the global reach of the work that you're doing. And earlier in the podcast, you mentioned uplifting journals that wouldn't otherwise have a platform. I'd love to dive a little deeper into some related issues. So why is open access important for diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts at University of Michigan and Michigan Publishing? So as I was saying earlier, one of the most important things that Michigan Publishing Services can do to bolster DEI and A is really helping these journals and books that otherwise wouldn't have any other outlet to uh, become part of the scholarly conversation to be published. You know, things like the Center for International Reproductive Health Training's manuals for women's health in Africa, or Saksaha, Journal of Manchu Studies, or the Journal of Muslim Mental Health. I mean, that's not enough. That's one really important thing we can do. Another thing that we're doing is trying to make everything that we publish as accessible as possible so that it can reach the broadest possible audience. Folks who might not be able to read a print book because of print disabilities can read our books online with alt text and long descriptions. And we're also doing that on the journal side. Janeway platform is allowing us to make our journals much more accessible than they were before and to make that work a lot easier for authors and editors to help with. Thank you, Jason. I think that was a really thoughtful look at where Michigan Publishing Services is at and the work that you do. This was a very compelling discussion. Great. Uh, That's good to hear. Um, I'm looking forward to Open Access Week. More information about open access at Michigan Publishing can be found at publishing.umich.edu. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Michigan Publishing Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss a show. 
You can also follow the University of Michigan Press on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn for posts about episodes and other relevant content about our work. This podcast was written by Emma D. Pasquale and produced by Natasha Robertson with the support of Michigan Publishing at the University of Michigan. Thank you.